Father, we thank you for the great privilege that we have to gather together as your people, as uh, the body of Christ, to worship you, to praise you, to exalt you, to thank you for who you are and for all that you have done for us. And Father, we pray now that you will, by your Holy Spirit, take your word and use it, we pray, to speak to our hearts this morning. Give us attentive hearts, attentive minds to receive your word. Pray, Lord, you know the need in each heart, heart in each life here this morning. We pray that you will minister your grace and your presence. And we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit's work in our hearts and lives. We uh, commit ourselves to you this morning for your purposes and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, often at uh, Thanksgiving season, our thoughts are, our thoughts are sighs of relief that we aren't facing circumstances that others are facing. You know, we're thankful we're not in the circumstances that others are in. For example, we are thankful that we aren't living in a politically oppressed society as many people in the world are. In fact, uh, we just recently had the opportunity to freely choose our leaders. Do you realize that most people in the world, they don't have that opportunity? But we do. Or perhaps we're thankful that we aren't starving in a famine-wasted land as many in the world are. Indeed, do you know that the world is facing a hunger crisis unlike anything it has seen in more than 50 years? 925 million people are hungry. Every day, almost 16,000 children die from hunger-related causes. It's hard to imagine, isn't it, as we sit at our Thanksgiving tables, that there are 925 million people around the world who are hungry. Or perhaps we are thankful that we aren't fighting a debilitating disease, as many people in the world are, because they tell us that each year millions of people die from infectious diseases still in this world uh, in which we live. But you know, true thanksgiving doesn't begin with human comparisons. True thanksgiving begins with God, the giver of life and all that is good. In fact, James reminds us, he says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Every good gift comes from the Father above, he says. And Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving which focuses our attention on God. Psalm 100 is a tremendous psalm of thanksgiving. And it calls us to give praise and thanksgiving to God. And this morning we're going to let Psalm 100 focus our thoughts. And so I'd, I'd ask you to join with me. I want to read this psalm together. Hopefully the words are all on the screen. It looks like they are. Uh, we're having sometimes a technical uh, issues, as you have noticed. But uh, we have all the words on the screen. So I want you to read with me Psalm 100. All right? In unison. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Did you notice? Oh, excuse me. Uh, we, I think we finished. Okay. I, I'm just coming back here to a verse that we just read. All right. It's all right if we read it again. Let's read it again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Well, do you get the distinct impression that God wants us to be a people who are characterized by thanksgiving? You get that idea as you read this portion of God's word? Indeed, again and again, God's word makes it abundantly clear that God desires that his people have hearts filled with thanksgiving to him. For example, several other verses I want you to notice with me. Uh, Ephesians 5.20. Let's read this one together also. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When are we to give thanks? Always. We are always to give thanks. It reminds us in that passage. Another one is Colossians 3.17. Let's read this together. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When are we to give thanks? Always. In whatever we do, he says, in word or deed. Always. One more verse, and we could give many others. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When are we supposed to give thanks? In all circumstances, for this is God's will. Now notice, it doesn't say, thank God for all circumstances. It says, thank God in all circumstances. I, I vividly remember when Shirley and I were in language school, I, I still remember, and I can picture him, uh, a, missionary, a veteran missionary giving testimony to us there at language school uh, about how as he and his wife were getting ready to come uh, to the mission field, she contracted polio. This is back in the 50s and 60s. She contracted polio. And I remember he talked about the fact that that... They couldn't give God thanks for the polio, but God wanted them to give thanks in the midst of that circumstance that they were facing and thank him for his grace and thank him for his faithfulness in the midst of that circumstance. And you notice one thing that Psalm 100 makes clear that God desires that everyone give him thanks at all places and in all times. Verse 1 said, all the earth. All the earth, every place on planet earth. And it said in verse 5, all generations. That means at all times. But the question is then, what exactly, but what exactly should we give thanks to God for? Well, I believe in Psalm 100, we find at least six reasons why we should be thankful. And this morning, I want to briefly point them out to you. When we think about giving thanks to the Lord, I think Psalm 100 is a good pattern for us. And again, I say, notice that these reasons that we're going to give that come out of this psalm, these reasons apply to all people, no matter where they live on planet Earth, in every country and every culture, they apply. All right, we're going to go through these six reasons. Reason number one, that we should give thanks to God. 
We should give thanks to God because he created us. He created us. Notice this verse. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. He made us. And that's the basis of all thanksgiving, is it not? He is the creator. We are the creatures. And we are dependent on him for everything. You realize that you are dependent on him for the very next breath that you take. And for the very next heartbeat, you are dependent on him. And I am dependent on him. And all that we are and all that we have is a gift from God's hand. As I said, our very breath, our time here on this earth is a gift from our creator. And I believe personally that as children of the Lord, I believe we should begin every day by thanking God for the gift of another day to serve him. I trust you begin your day that way. Thank God for another day that he's given as a gift to be able to serve him and live for him. You know, the unfortunate thing is that we live in a day when people do not want to acknowledge God as their creator. Have you noticed that? They do not want to acknowledge God as our creator. And so they tell us that we came into being by chance. That's what is taught today in our culture. It all happened by chance, not by God's creative power. Listen to the way the Bible describes what we see in our day. In Romans 1, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. You see, to give thanks to someone is to acknowledge that they have done something that we appreciate, is it not? When you thank someone, you're acknowledging that they have done something. And many people do not want to acknowledge God. In fact, they live as though they are the creator and center of their own little world. It's amazing how people live as if they are the center and the creator of their own little world. But in reality, we should echo the words of Psalm 139 when it says, I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works. We acknowledge that God is the one who has made us. In fact, you realize, if you look at your thumbprint there, you know that your very fingerprint reminds us that we are God's unique masterpiece. In a world of 7 billion people, or over 7 billion people, they tell us on planet Earth, do you realize that no one else has a fingerprint exactly like yours? Out of 7 billion people, this will mark you distinctly from anyone else because you are unique. You are one of a kind. God created you as one of a kind for his glory and for his purposes. So the psalmist says, he, it is he who has made us, and we are to give thanks to him as our creator. Reason number one to give thanks. Reason number two the psalmist gives us is this, that we should give thanks to God because he redeemed us. Notice in that verse it says, know that the Lord is God, it is he who has made us, and we are what? His. We are his people, the psalmist says. You know, as Christians, we are twice God's. We belong to him two times in two ways. First of all, because he created us, as we just said. Secondly, because he redeemed us. He bought us back. You know, by their deliberate sin, Adam and Eve brought sin and separation upon the whole human race. We know the Bible tells how Adam and Eve brought sin and separation on the whole human race. This is the way it puts it in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. 
Listen, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Sin came into the world. Death came upon all of us and we were separated from God. But then Paul goes on in the book of Romans and says this in Romans 5.8. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died to redeem us, right? While we were still sinners, he died to redeem us. And redeem means to purchase for one's own possession. Do you realize that Jesus Christ died to purchase you? To be his own possession. Listen to 1 Peter. You know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But you, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or without spot. You were redeemed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a motive for thanksgiving, right? He has redeemed us. We are his people. And if you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you should be especially thankful every day of your life that he has redeemed you, that you are his. And we should exclaim with the Apostle Paul when he says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, right? Indescribable gift, that he has redeemed us and purchased us. In a few minutes, several folks are going to give public testimony of their thanks to God that he has redeemed them and made them his very own. Reason number three the psalmist gives us that we should be thankful. Notice he says we should give thanks to God because he cares for us. Look at that verse again. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. We are sheep. Whether you like it or not, we are sheep, right? That's one of the favorite metaphors the Bible uses for all of us. We're sheep, okay? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And do you know that as our good shepherd, he cares for us because we are the sheep of his pasture. And he cares for us as a good shepherd. Aren't you glad the Lord is your good shepherd? And that he cares for you and watches over you? Listen, this is the way King David said it in that famous psalm, Psalm 23, where he assures us that the shepherd cares for all of our needs. Listen to this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or other words, I won't lack anything. Because the Lord is my shepherd. So I can't lack. He gives me rest and nourishment, for he makes me lie down in green pastures. He gives me protection and refreshment, for he leads me beside the still waters. He gives me renewal and revival, for he restores my soul. He gives me direction and purity, for he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He gives me peace amid trouble, for though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He gives me guidance and comfort, for his rod and staff comfort me. He gives me food and drink, for he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He gives me joy, because he anoints my head with oil. He gives me abundance to give, for my cup overflows. He gives me blessings, for goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And he gives me eternal life. For I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is he a good shepherd? He provides for all of our needs, right? Oh, how thankful we should be every day for God's great care for us.
And you know, we often don't realize or are not aware of the care that he is giving for us, right? Most of the time we're not aware of it. But he cares for us every day of our lives. Reason number four, to give thanks to the Lord. Now, now the psalmist in this area, more than what he does for us, he's talking about who he is, who God is. And you know, we should give thanks to God because he is good. He is good. The psalmist says, for the Lord is good. And because he is good, our Heavenly Father delights in giving good gifts to his children. Uh, parents, do you like to give, do you enjoy giving gifts to your children? You know, Christmas is coming up and you better enjoy giving gifts to your children. Okay? We, we love to give gifts to our children. My wife is the ultimate gift giver. She spends more time wrapping gifts than any person I have ever seen. Usually we have stuff all over the place that's various stages of wrapping. You know, for birthdays, for this, for that. She just loves to give gifts. But you know what Jesus said? Listen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you like to give good gifts, God who is good, he likes to give good gifts to you and to me as his children. And because our God is good, we can be assured that he will cause all things to work together for good to those that love him, right? He will cause everything in our lives to work together for good. Whatever comes into our lives, we can be sure that God is good. And so he will use it for his good purposes. My friend, you may be facing a severe trial this morning. Maybe in regards to your health. You heard Hannah Schaefer prayed for. We got word a day ago that Hannah had had a major stroke, was probably uh, ready to step into the Lord's presence. Both her daughters came, and now she's sitting up and eating and talking with everybody. So uh, we never know when our time comes. But you may be fa facing a severe a trial in regards to your health. You may be facing a severe trial in regards to your finances or in regards to your employment, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm sure in a group this large that there are many various trials being faced. But you know, in the midst of trials, we need always to remember that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen? God is good all the time. In his book... If God is good, faith in the midst of suffering and evil, highly recommend the book by Randy Alcorn. Anything that Randy Alcorn writes is good. But he wrote a book, If God is Good, Faith in the Midst of Suffering and Evil. He said this, <clears throat> When someone survives <clears throat> an accident or gets a negative biopsy report, we sigh in relief and say, God is good. But God remains just as good if the person dies or the biopsy report brings bad news. God is good even when we can't see it. That's where the challenge comes, right? In May 2000, in May of 2000, Pastor James Montgomery Boyce, who was pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, many of you know that name, was a well-known preacher. God greatly used that man. I remember hearing this on the radio when I, I was living in Chicago at that time. He stood before his congregation in May of 2000, and he explained to them he had just been diagnosed with liver cancer. Just out of the blue. And this is what he said. Should you pray for a miracle? Well, you're free to do that, of course. My general impression is that the God who is able to do miracles, and he certainly can, is also able to keep you from getting the problem in the first place. So although miracles do happen, they're rare by definition, 
Above all, I would say pray for the glory of God. If you think of God glorifying himself in history, and you say where in all of history has God most glorified himself, he did it at the cross of Jesus Christ, and it wasn't by delivering Jesus from the cross, though he could have. And then he said this, God is in charge. When things like this come into our lives, they are not accidental. It's not as if God somehow forgot what was going on and something bad slipped by. God is not only the one who is in charge. Listen, God is also good. Everything he does is good. And if God does something in your life, would you change it? If you change it, you'd make it worse. It wouldn't be as good. And eight weeks later, having taught his people first how to live and then how to die... James Montgomery Boyce departed this world to be with Christ, which is far better. But in the midst of it all, he could testify, God is good. God is good all the time, no matter what our circumstance may be. Don't ever forget that. God is good. Reason number five that we should give thanks to God, according to the psalmist. We should give thanks to God because his love never ends. His love never ends. Notice, for the Lord is good and his love endures how long? Forever, forever. Human love may disappoint us and fail us, but God's love never fails. Jesus, uh, the word of God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And in fact, Romans 8 puts it this way, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No! In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now listen to this statement. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor either height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love is forever and nothing can separate us from his love. Do you thank God each and every day for his enduring love that never changes? And finally, the psalmist reminds us that we should give thanks to God because his faithfulness continues forever. Notice what he says. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, Paul put it this way. Listen, even if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Even when we are faithless, he he remains faithful. And even though we may have failed him this past year, he remains faithful. God will never break his word or change his purpose for you. This is the way the Apostle Paul put it. I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day, at the day of Jesus Christ. God will finish his work in your life and my life because he is faithful. And I can testify after 54 years of walking with the Lord, I can testify the fact that he has always been faithful. Always. And I'm sure that many of you could do likewise. Several years ago, Carol Simbola, director of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, was going through a very difficult time with a, a child, a wayward child that had gone away from the Lord. I remember she gave, hearing her give this testimony one time in Chicago. And she wrote a song while she was in the midst of that trial. She wrote a song, and I'm sure you've probably heard it. Listen to the words. 
Through every pain, every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone, when my heart had no song, still in love he's proved faithful to me. Every word he's promised is true. What I thought was impossible, I've seen my God do. He's been faithful, faithful to me, looking back. His love and mercy I see. Though in my heart I have questioned and failed to believe, he's been faithful, faithful to me. And then she says, when my heart looked away, the many times I could not pray, still my God was faithful to me. The days I spent so selfishly, reaching out for what pleased me, even then God was faithful to me. Every time I come back to him, he's waiting with open arms and I see once again. He's been faithful, faithful to me. Looking back, his love and mercy I see. Though my heart, in my heart I have questioned, even failed to believe, yet he's been faithful, faithful to me. I bet you can say that in your own heart. This is the way Jeremiah put it. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And we sang, great is thy faithfulness, right? They are new every morning. Yes, it's good to be thankful at Thanksgiving season. But you know, as Christians, we should be thankful to God every day of our lives. In fact, in Hebrews 13, verse 15, it tells us, let's read this verse together, all right? Let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We are, it says, continually to offer a sacrifice of praise to our God. Thankfulness should be one of the main characteristics of our lives. And you know, sometimes we give thanks to the Lord for material provisions and so forth, and that's good. But did you notice that the things that the psalmist mentions are not things you can buy with money? Right? We are thankful that he created us. We are thankful that he redeemed us. We are thankful that he cares for us. We are thankful that he is a good God. We are thankful that he is a loving God. And we are thankful that he is always faithful. May we give thanks to him and praise his name every day that he gives us here on this earth.